Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is created to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. And many of us, when we take the time to truly examine ourselves, will find some sort of shame, fear, or lies hiding in there. And it is never God's will for us to stay in bondage to those. It's His truth that sets us free from them. But there's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. The truth will set you free so you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of shame, fear, and lies. Those aren't yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. Today, I'm bringing you a wonderful guest, my favorite guest, but I guess I'm biased when I say that. Um, My husband and I are doing this episode together today. So, Joseph, please, we have to take a moment to introduce ourselves. Let's tell them how long we've been married and then also include a fun fact in there. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Joe, and we have been married for... Almost three years. That's well. I mean, define almost three. I, it's ex- almost exactly two and a half. Can we really jump the gun and say three? No, <laughs> it's two and a half. <laughs> no, it's not two and a half. We're in December. Well, it's I guess hand. two years and it's seven months. <laughs> okay, you're right. You got me. Okay, go ahead. So here's a fun fact about us. So when I married Jenny, um, we couldn't have a we couldn't have a pet because of our apartment's restriction rules, and so we said, "Hey, once we move out of this apartment complex, and wherever we go to next, let's try to find a place that allows pets." Well, long story short, we got a a beautiful cat, and we got the cat two months old, and we named her after the movie My Big Cat. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. My Big Cat Greek Wedding. Yeah, My Big Cat Greek Wedding. (laughs) My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah, we named her Tula. Mm -hmm. And we brought her home. and Because the people said, this is a girl cat. Yeah, so. And, you know, she turned six. And then we're like, okay. Six months old. Six months old, sorry. We got to get her spayed. Uh, Because we didn't want to go in the heat and all all those other things. So, we took her to the vet. And then they called Jenny and said, hey, Tula's actually a boy. So we neutered him. Yes. So that was a surprise. And it just kind of made me realize it all makes sense. (laughs) Because our cat was so high energy. Mm -hmm. It loved to eat. It wants attention. It was super affectionate. Girl cats are usually just more shy and territorial and it's funny because when we got the cat about the first few weeks you're we like holy cow like this is a very affectionate cat because mm-hmm. we wanted a, we wanted a boy cat at first because we wanted to be affectionate yeah so we're like wow we're super blessed to have a female cat this way mm-hmm. well jokes on us yeah jokes on us so yeah so our cat's a boy and we were thinking like are we gonna change his name what are we gonna do mm-hmm. and we just we can't it's 
I mean, what do you do after you call a cat by its name for what six, five months? Five months, and the cat knows their yeah. name. Yeah. So we 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 so workshop a couple names for a day, and we're like, no, we're not doing this. His his name is Tula. His name is Tula. That's just how it's gonna be. So, I mean, like he doesn't know. So, what does he know? He's yeah. just a cat. <laughs> so that's our fun yeah. fact. So we lost a daughter, gained a son, same day. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So, Joseph has been actually requested multiple times because I have an end of the year feedback survey for this podcast. And I will link it in the show notes if anyone wants to fill it out. I would love your feedback. But there's a question on there that says, Are there any guest suggestions you want for 2024 and in this upcoming year? And multiple times you've been requested, Joseph. People have been requesting you. We are really just giving the people what they want, actually, by recording this. I had to be paid a lot of money to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Your paycheck's coming later in the mail. But I also want to say that if you fill out that survey, just let me know. It is anonymous. So you'd have to message me on Instagram and say, hey, I completed that survey and I will send you one of the Head to Heart podcast stickers. And the sticker says, what have you been set free from? Which is my favorite question to ask. We ask it every single episode. And that sticker is made to be a conversation starter. So put Mm -hmm. it wherever you can see, other people can see. On your forehead. Yeah, you can put it on your forehead. And then people won't have any choice but to recognize it and say, what have you been set free from? And you'll be like, I'm glad you asked. Mm -hmm. And then you can tell them a testimony in your life. Yeah. So that's the purpose. Please let me know if you want a sticker and you have filled out that survey. So (laughs) now I get to ask my favorite question, but I'm changing it. This is the very first time I've ever asked what have we been set free from instead of what have you been set free from? So, Joseph, what have we been set free from? Well, I have been set free from pornography addiction. And I've been set free from having a lot of doubts and fear about being in a relationship with someone who had struggled with a pornography addiction. Uh My pornography addiction started at the age of 13 years old. So I'm 28. I'm about to be 29 in about about three to four weeks. About four weeks. So exciting. And it so from 13 years old to 25, that was the span of my my pornography addiction. And so, yeah, it's just it's a long story, but shortening it up just for you guys is that I have attempted many, many times in that span to try to be set free through so many support groups and friends. And it just never really worked. It was good at the time in some degree where I found people that said, hey, I struggle with this. However, these were, you know, teenagers and very young adults that that were at the same level of struggle, if not more. And I kept getting into that routine thinking, I'm just going to keep finding more people. However... That never really grounded me to really understand my addiction. It wasn't until in my about my early 20s, I started to realize that I needed to understand what pornography was and understand what pornography does to my mind and also what pornography does into a relationship. And I really intentionally sought out wise counsel and mentorship who is a lot older than me that struggled. I have uh, had a built 
a very strong accountability partnership with people that were older than me. And I really, I put in the work to retrain and reform my mind instead of just saying, hey guys, I'm, you know, when I was younger, I, I send, um, I'm asking for forgiveness and I move on. Mm-hmm. But I really had to transform my mind and my thinking into holiness. Mm-hmm. And it was a journey. It took, took about two years to really be set free from that. And so the more I consistently pursued those um, mentorships and accountability partners that really were older than me, the more I would became to be set free. Mm-hmm. And so we'd say that continued until you were about 25. And when you were 25, that's when we started dating. Mm-hmm. So you told me right when we started dating that that was something you struggled with yep. and needed me to be aware of it, which I greatly appreciated because mm-hmm. I did not want to go in blind. Mm-hmm. And the advice, the prayer, and the mentoring that we both received from other people in our lives at that time made that whole process of dating and talking about getting engaged and then getting married made the entire process so much smoother. And without that, I would not have known what to do at all. Like, I would be completely in the dark, be like, I guess he's taking care of it. I I have no idea. So, in this episode, we really wanted to make this as a template and a help and a guide for any partner of someone who's struggling or has struggled with a pornography addiction. And I definitely picked the word partner on purpose <laughs> because we wanted to include... <laughs> so vague. But we wanted to include... Someone who's dating, someone who's engaged, someone who's married. Um, And I also wanted to include the acronym PPA. So that's why. So responding to PPA Mm -hmm. is what we're talking about. Responding to your partner's porn addiction. Yeah. Yes. And Joseph and I recorded an entirely different episode where he just talks about how the Lord set him free from that addiction. So if you're someone who struggles with that addiction, you can go back and listen to season three, episode 15, where he talks about that. But this episode is mainly for the partners of someone who struggles. And I need to say this in advance before we even get going. I apologize for our jambalaya of pronouns because because we recognize that this is definitely not just a male struggle. Mm Mm-hmm. This could definitely be for the woman in the relationship, not exclusive to men at all. But because of that, we're going to be all over the place with our pronouns. We're going to be like they, she, them, he, you know, but it's, I just want to say I'm sorry in advance because we're going to be all over the place with those pronouns. So first question, if you're dating, you're dating someone and they struggle with porn, how much should your partner be sharing with you about this struggle? The thing that I would say is that your partner should be aware of it and the types of help you're getting, but not sharing all of the details when you mess up. And what I mean by that is you want to protect your partner, but you also want your partner to to be aware of your struggle and of your struggle and knowing how you're overcoming it. Mm -hmm. Rather than going into the details of every little thing, I I think it's wise to share to share that, share the kind of help you're getting to help the help solidify, hey, I am working through this. Mm-hmm. And the question that you as a partner really need to know and ask is, 
is he willing to get help and is he willing to get intense accountability the question you're asking isn't like will will my partner be completely healed from this by a year from now that's not the question it's more is your partner repentant for this do they want to change and not just because they want to be in a relationship with you but because they really do understand the depth of this sin and how it grieves god so one thing that i remember during the process that we were dating and uh was that i wanted to be very intentional with jenny but I also wanted to be very protective. And I knew that that the struggle of pornography was very sensitive just to me and Jenny. However, um, I really wanted to to show her, like, these are the people that I, I'm investing my time in. These are the things that I'm doing. These are the these are the things that I'm deleting off my phone. These are these are the times that I'm meeting with this person. Hey, I had a good meeting with my mentor, mm-hmm. and we prayed and we shared and things like that in that matter, and just really being able to to to, to provide that and also allowing your partner to to challenge, uh, you know, the person who's struggling with pornography to 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 ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing? How's it going? Yeah, and leaving that open door. So we didn't do this absolutely perfectly, but we learned a lot about what to share and what not to share. So you're not sharing details. You're not sharing the how, the when, and the why, but you're sharing, yes, I am getting help, and here's how I'm getting help. Um, This matters a lot to me. I am repentant over this. You're not necessarily sharing every time you mess up, every time your partner sins. You're not necessarily sharing that. But... Let's say you're engaged. Joseph, what would you say about how much your partner should be sharing with you about this struggle if you guys are engaged? I think it's good to, you know, especially when you're engaged going into marriage, you're, 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 you, are, you are promising yourself, hey, I'm going to marry this person. Is that I hope that that you would be sharing, you know, with, with your partner um, you struggle more often because it's, it's especially important as you approach marriage to know where, where the partner is fully. Um, it is very sensitive, and I think that it's imperative to, in that time, to, to be more open and honest. I wouldn't say maybe not with every detail, but, you know, it's, it's different than, hey, I'm dating, you know, for, for a few weeks to a month. We're like, we, we're not sure if we want to be married. But this is this is a partnership into marriage, and you want to mm-hmm. be open and honest as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And the other person needs to know what they're getting into, and just the progress of that healing journey. Okay, I have a question for you, okay, Jenny. Go ahead. So, if you are married, how much should you be sharing? That's a great question. If you're married, you have joined lives with them, and mm-hmm. you're living in the same house. There is a lifelong commitment there. So you should be sharing everything. If if your partner messes up, they should be coming to you and saying, I sinned and mm-hmm. I messed up. And there should be no secrets between you. Why should there be no secrets, Jenny? Well, you want to be completely open and honest with this person that you are having sex with. <laughs> so if there's something of sin, sexual infidelity 
things like that going on, they, they need to know and they need to know how you are getting help, how if you do mess up, you will resolve it and put new guardrails in place to make sure or try to make sure it doesn't happen again. I would say my hope is that in marriage, none of the, none of the spouses, both spouses are not struggling, Right. you know, not even one, but if there is and that you, if you are the person or, you know, whatever, if you're the person that is struggling and you do sin and you mess up and you fall into, you know, pornography, don't keep it a secret. Because if you keep it a secret, it just allows the next time for you to keep that a secret. Right now, it just allows it to go bigger and bigger. And then the truth will be will be told. Mm-hmm. And I will say this. I recorded an episode with Laura Krause at the very beginning of this year that was truly profound, truly powerful. I will link it in the show notes. It is so good. (laughs) But she said in that episode, she said, your marriage is not built on sinlessness. It needs to be built on Christ. So your goal in marriage is not to achieve perfection. Your goal in marriage is to create such a safe landing place that when sin comes, sin will not be able to destroy your marriage. So in her saying that, it really flips the script of when you marry someone, you are not expecting perfection because they will let you down in some way or another, whether it has to do anything with pornography or not. They're going to fail you and you you are going to fail them. So you're not expecting perfection, but your worth, your value, and your marriage needs to be built on Christ, not on if this person can keep it up long enough or, you know, if they can avoid sin for this many months in a row, your marriage needs to be built on Christ. And so you're creating such a safe place in marriage that if your spouse does sin in this way, they feel safe coming to you and telling you so that they can be met with Christ's love and then make it right and be healed. And we received so many listener questions for this episode. They're they're good ones. So I just want to thank any listener in advance that sent in these questions. Thank you so much. They are such good questions to ponder and answer. So the first listener question was, if they say that it is in the past and will never be brought into the relationship, is it naive to trust them? Well, I will say this about this question is that I think having your partner tell you it's in the past, I would challenge that because it's important to understand, especially if you're engaged or married, at least. Because if you you go through dating and engaged and you find out this person has a pornography addiction, it's important to know in the past what was it like, where was he at. And if you were, if you are dating and if you are engaged, either or, I think it's important regardless because I think it's important to build trust in a relationship. I think it's also crucial to challenge your partner to say, hey, I would like to know. And it's not because I don't trust you. It's, I, I, I just want to be aware and I want to be able to to just come alongside of you and and be able to understand like what what was in the past. I think it's important to understand it was or is an addiction Mm -hmm. and it would be really foolish for an alcoholic to say, well, I've been sober for 
a year. So there's no harm in keeping alcohol in my cabinet because the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It is connection. Aha. So (laughs) you just have to ask yourself, is this a pattern? Have they lied to you before? Maybe they are a trustworthy person, but I would ask them, how do you know Uh it will never be brought into their relationship? You're saying it will never be brought into the relationship. How do you for sure know that? What guardrails do you already have in place? And you should know the details of what they have done already to heal and then what they are doing to proactively protect against possible pitfalls or temptation. You just got to know the details. You can't just well, take their word and say, you know, yeah, say, you that's fine. Is it naive to trust him? Yeah. It's not because you don't trust him. It's just, it's just important to understand the details for your sake. Right. For your sake. Yeah. And, and, and I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are a partnership. You guys are together. And it's important. And he should honor you with that. Because if he's committing yourself, if he's committing, if it's he or she is committing thyself to this person. <laughs> thyself, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's important to have those questions asked. And clarifying, it's not because I don't trust you. It's, it's because I want to get to know you more. I want to get to know what was it like. I think it's very vulnerable in that situation. But I think it's very rewarding mm-hmm. if you ask those questions. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of, hey, I don't trust you. It's a matter of, I'm investing in you and I just want to know about your life. Mm-hmm. And I want to know about what is, what, how about us going forward? Mm-hmm. The next listener question that was sent in was, how do I balance grace and also make space to process how it hurts me? Beautiful question. Wonderfully mm-hmm. put. You first have to realize as the partner of someone who has struggled is that you have to realize this addiction is not about you at all, especially since most of the time you just met and they already had this addiction. It didn't, usually it didn't start when you started dating. Usually you have to understand that it hurts to watch the person you love take this ache in their heart And instead of turning to God with it, they have chosen to turn to pornography. And that's why it hurts. So the correct answer was not to turn to you with the ache of their heart. Because that would be saying, oh, you know, you know what would fix this addiction is if if he just had more sex, but like the right married kind, then then it'll fix it and everything will be okay. And that's not true. That's not the correct answer. The correct answer is not to turn to you with the ache of their heart. It is to turn to God because sex is never just about sex. There is something that is driving this addiction and it will not be solved by getting into a healthy relationship or marriage. It will be solved with deep healing from the Lord. So if it's hurting you because you're thinking things like he turned to pornography because maybe I'm not pretty enough. Or if it's hurting you because you're thinking, I probably didn't have enough sex with him last week, then you are missing the root issue and you will never win that battle because you would be saying the answer to this addiction is more sex. And that just doesn't make sense. So you can be hurt, you can have emotion and still choose to forgive them. It's not saying that your forgiveness has to come and be without any emotion and say, you know, that doesn't matter. Whatever. I forgive you. No big deal. I don't feel anything. You can absolutely be hurt and still choose to forgive. 
I also recorded a podcast recently with Ashlyn R. Watkins, and she talked about the three F's of this for the partner of someone who's addicted to porn. So the first is flee. So make sure you are fleeing from all unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Just reject all resentment. Make sure that's not trapping you. Forgive. Choose to forgive them. Then fast. You can fast and pray for your marriage and for them for their freedom. Well, we have another listener question. And this listener asks, what do I do if I'm afraid that if I forgive him, he won't feel remorse for what he did? That's a great question. I completely understand this because forgiveness really does not make sense in our human minds. I think this might have been harder for me if we were married at the time that you were deeply struggling with this, but we were just dating and engaged. So you got to ask, okay, does this person have conviction over what they did? If they don't, then that is something only the Holy Spirit can give them. Us as people cannot convict other people. The Holy Spirit's the only one who really brings true conviction and change. So if you're struggling with forgiveness, thinking like, if I forgive, then it's going to be no big deal and it's just going to happen again. And what am I just supposed to let it go? There's no justice if I just let it go. And you may think, well, then he won't understand the true cost and importance of this if I choose to forgive him. But forgiveness is very countercultural. It doesn't appear to achieve the goal we want, which is change. And the entire kingdom of God is countercultural, though. So it goes against every natural tendency that we have, but forgiveness does set us free. So forgiveness isn't justifying it. It's not saying, you know what? It doesn't really matter. That's okay. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is choosing to let God be the judge and you are no longer the judge. So you step down from that judgment seat and then you let the Lord convict and change, but you are not holding on to resentment anymore. So I challenge you to put yourself in his shoes. If you were the one with the pornography addiction, and you sinned and you told your spouse about it, how would you want him to respond to you? Or maybe you're not married and you're saying, if you messed up, you told your mentor that you sinned, how would you want them to respond? Not just with pornography addictions, but like any time in your life that you were deeply healed from something, those were probably the times that you confessed and then you were loved, encouraged, and accepted by others in the middle of whatever mess you found yourself in. Because withholding love and and forgiveness, it doesn't make people better. And humiliating people, oh, it never, it makes you never want to open up to anyone ever again. So being met with love and acceptance and encouragement can really change the game. John and Lisa Bevere if you've heard of them, they've written a lot of books, done a lot of sermons and talks, etc., etc. I will link this episode of theirs for their podcast in the show notes. But for their story, John was addicted to porn and he tried to change over and over again. But his wife, Lisa, was still holding on to unforgiveness. And it wasn't until Lisa finally forgave him that it actually empowered him to have real change in his life. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear their story... It will be in the show notes. 
And the next question that we're going to answer is something that I included in this episode. This was not a listener question. It just needed to be addressed, so I had to throw it in there. Go ahead, Joseph. Okay, so what do you do if you're feeling the fear of the unknown? Like, what if they relapse? What if they fall again? Or what if they're lying to me? Yes, so for the partner of whatever addict... It can be really hard. You're, you don't have any control over this person. It's someone else. So you may think like, okay, they say they're going to change. I have no control over whether they're meeting with their mentor. I can't force them to put these guardrails on their laptop or whatever. You have no control over it. It's really something you're just partnered with and then you have to let God change that person. But I would first challenge you to realize the power of prayer on a much deeper level because this is not something even that person can change about themselves. If they could change themselves, they would have already done it. Mm -hmm. So this is something you need to recognize God's magnitude over the size of this problem. Mm -hmm. That this is really a spiritual battle. This is not just, just do the right things and you'll be fine. And then... You need to turn every worry that pops into your head into a prayer and release it. Knowing that you are not their gatekeeper. You cannot force any change to happen. But God is the only one who can change them. So turn every worry that enters your head into a prayer and choose to put it in God's hands. Choose to make sure it does not become an anxiety for you. If it is becoming an anxiety, just ask yourself, why you could even ask yourself this question of okay finish this sentence if they mess up then fill in the blank finish that sentence because there is some underlying fear of if they mess up then that means I'm not good enough that means that they'll never change that means that I'm stuck in a relationship with someone who is actively addicted And whatever fear is coming up when you finish that sentence, that's what you need to deal with. This is where Laura Krause's episode will come in handy because she really explains how to be proactive and not on the defense all the time. So we are down to our last question from a listener. Had a listener asked, my partner isn't a Christian and have told me that all guys watch porn. I want to explain to him how it feels hurtful to me, but I feel like it's hard to discuss besides mentioning the human trafficking slash religious aspects. How do I go about this? It is difficult to mention why it's wrong besides mentioning that it really does involve human trafficking. But I feel like even if people aren't believers... If they know what human trafficking is, they would probably say, yeah, that's wrong. That's definitely evil. So you could talk about that. And the phrase that he uses of all guys watch porn just simply isn't true. And I, I, can I chime in? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so so the all guys watch porn obviously isn't true. I think sometimes if a partner will say that, they're justifying that their actions are okay. They're not admitting that it's wrong and that they're not, that they're basically trying to, to say like, well, if someone else does it, then there's probably no harm to it because it's not like I'm the only one doing it by myself. 
And that kind of shows, like, that's hurtful because, like, it doesn't really emphasize the importance of what it's doing. Like, you know, well, I wouldn't say importance. It doesn't emphasize, like, the destruction and also, you know, the the hurtfulness that it's doing in the relationship. And I think that if a, if a, if a man categorizes it that way, there, it's really hard for him to see, you know, the point of, you know, what, what that you're hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a way to justify it. And it isn't true because you could say, okay, vast majority of people have been exposed to pornography, but the actual addiction to it, that's not everyone. Mm-hmm. And this person wrote her partner. So yeah, um... I'm not sure if that means that you're just dating or engaged or if you're already married. Mm-hmm. And if you're not already married, then this could be a big red flag and would say, maybe this isn't a good match for you. And maybe this relationship needs to end because you don't want to sign your life up to be with someone that does not share your same faith. Now, if you already are married, absolutely continue praying because God is really the only one who can change his heart. It's not something you're able to do. Even if you have the most beautiful PowerPoint that really drives home the point why pornography is wrong, you will not be able to change his heart. So you can pray for him. You could speak truth over him and point him towards Christ and if I, you're already married. And and, and challenge his thinking in his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a book once and we'll... Uh, well, I read a book once, and we'll uh, we'll add it to the the recommendation. Is sometimes men will get into this regime and this sort of like pattern of like just 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 justifying it all, like they don't really even realize like the the cause of damage is doing. And so, when somebody gets asked a question in detail, it's like, what is pornography? What, how do you feel about it? What does your spouse, partner feel about it? Do you think it's doing anything wrong to, you know, your relationship? What do you think it's associated with? All these things that you can ask the question. And again, you know, in my previous episode, those questions really helped me understand what porn was. Because mm-hmm. it's just so easy to look at porn and just be on an automatic regime, an automatic, you know, thing you do every day um i mentored a person um a few months ago and uh just asked one of the biggest parts of the mentorship about overcoming a pornography struggle slash addiction is i asked this person questions that he never even thought of mm-hmm. he questioned I, I never judged him i you know i mean obviously he was a the person he was a christian however um, I tried to ask questions that just wasn't like, oh, how did God think like this? You know, you're asking the question like, how do I not include rel- religious aspects? It, it's just really being intentional about trying to drawing out truth and drawing out facts and drawing out where you're at and just really intentionally, like Jenny said, speaking truth and and being very uh, forward with, with this person. Um, I think really breaking down because I think the enemy really just wants someone really wants the mind to be numb because he knows he knows that once you're not numb and once you know you call upon the power of Jesus 
he's not going to have that stronghold over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, we don't know if this person is married or not. Yeah. So if you're not married, then it may be time for this relationship to end. Yeah, probably. You don't want to be unequally yoked and That's true. maybe go into this this life married to someone who does not share mm-hmm. your same convictions and values. If you are married, absolutely keep praying and and pray the Lord convicts him and that he gets help. And we also sadly need to quickly address that this addiction can lead to abuse or violence in the bedroom. And in many people, it does not lead to that, but it can. So we just needed to include this. If it is causing abuse or violence to happen, you do need to get out and you need to get to a safe place. So we included the domestic violence hotline in the United States, 800 799 7233. Had to include it. Well, thank you for everybody who sent out the questions. If you have any more questions, uh, if you're listening, send us send us in more questions through this episode. Uh, yeah, Jenny, do you have any resources that maybe the listeners can can look into? Oh, do I? Oh boy, do I? Can I can I give my first before you give your yes, plethora of, course. of many? I, yes, we really wanted to bulk up the resources yeah. on this, so I'm going to give you a long list. Go ahead. I will say this is number one. Not that it doesn't matter. There's no tier list, honestly. I just like this book so much. <laughs> this book is called "Death to Porn" by Ray Ortland. It really. It's a very bold title, and it's just all black with white lettering, but it really challenges the thinking of the individual to break the shell of pornography. Mm-hmm. And I really, really encourage everybody to read it. It's a, it's a small book, too. It is very small. And uh, it's powerful. So again, Death to Porn by Ray Ortland, my mm-hmm. recommendation. Mm-hmm. Another one is the podcast episode that was the first of 2023. It was Season 4, Episode 1 on... Head to Heart. I don't know if you know it, but Head to Heart Podcast is a pretty good podcast, if I do say so myself. So the first one we released of this year was called How to Live Life Driven by Love, Not Fear. And that's the one with Laura Krause. Oh my gosh, so good. If your partner has ever struggled with a porn addiction, you have to listen to that episode. Then I also, while we were dating, I read this book called Letters to a Romantic. I think it's the after the colon it's like the dating years or something like that um i actually think that title is very cringy but it's a really good book (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then the other resources uh the other resources uh joseph me yes you episode my episode that jenny and i made over a year ago she had me on titled how porn makes you sexually illiterate and how to break free so you can find that in season 315 Yes, so if you want to know the full story of how that happened, you can go listen to that one. Then, if you just want a really good podcast, the Bear Marriage Podcast is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. That's pretty good. They cover a bunch of different topics, and it's all based on research, not Mm -hmm. just on someone's personal experience. They are researchers. And that's not like bear like the animal. It's like bear like naked, like (laughs) B-A-R-E. And then... If you or your partner is open to this, why not try an inner healing appointment? Just do some inner healing prayer. Uh-huh. It could really help you and them get to the root of any fear 
lies or shame you're dealing with. Or even if you are in a church uh, that has inner healing ministry or some sort of um, outreach, etc., I would encourage encourage you guys to do that. Yeah, that's something you could do together in the same appointment or have different appointments for Mm -hmm. both of you. And then the podcast called Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. They talk a lot about this as some of it is their personal story. Okay, so those are some phenomenal resources. Thank you so much. But (laughs) there are many resources that you should stay away from. Right, Jenny? Yeah, that's right. So, Jenny take it away what are the resources that we that you and we should stay away from well all these people had great intentions when they made these resources but they are going about it in the wrong way so please stay away from the book every man's battle by stephen arterburn i read this by the way when i was did you really yeah middle school school. oh my gosh see i just think that really speaks to this because you you read it middle school high school you were not free well yeah it was still actively struggling terrible book just terrible i don't remember it though okay let me tell you why it's terrible so these two men wrote this book this book is it talks about women in such a degrading way and both of these authors as they write this book they put a lot of soft porn scenarios in this book so as you're reading it you really are getting ideas of what they have actually experienced as they've watched pornography that's terrible yeah why would you do that that is driving the trauma deeper into your brain and giving men new ideas of what to sin with i will also say not per se this book well obviously this book but any book that's just like in my opinion any book that just says, saturate yourself in being prayer, prayerful, prayerful, being prayerful over and over again. Mm-hmm. While that's good, I think if you're really trying to get to any root to be a show pornography, I find books that really help break down the mentality of what porn is. Yes, and why you're addicted. Don't just, don't just, don't just really look into a book as like I'm gonna look at this verse that says I'm struggling with lust. I'm gonna pray it over and over. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Scripture is very important, very good, and it definitely has helped me and many millions of people. But it's important that you are very aware of of what the message of the book is. Yes, and in Every Man's Battle, they never refer to women as people made in the image of God. They literally use words like, what are you going to do when the pretty blonde bombshell walks your way in a bikini? Things like that. They just (laughs) say that over and over. And then also they really tell you what not to do instead of what to do, how to actually get free. Um, I would also stay away from any resource that really puts it on the other partner in the relationship to be the gatekeeper so if a resource like a podcast or a book or an article is saying well you know what would really help if the wife is more giving of herself to her husband or Mm -hmm. because if she doesn't have sex with him enough then of course he's gonna look at porn or have an affair and if you do these things this will help him not turn to pornography That you should stay away from because Mm -hmm. you don't have control over another person's actions. You're not the person who is supposed to keep him away from sin. That is between him and God. 
and you're not in charge of making sure he does not sin like that. Then also, I had to throw this out there because it is out there on the internet for anyone to see. Um, I would stay away from marriage advice from John Piper. Now, listen, listen, people are going to say, no, not Piper. He would never say something like that. Listen, there is, there are teachings and videos out there of a sermon he he preached where he just said, you know, if there's violence going on, you know, the woman may just have to endure being beaten for a night. John Piper actually is so against divorce. Yes. And, you know, of course you don't want to get divorced. Completely understand that. And there are a lot of unbiblical reasons to get divorced. Mm -hmm. But he is so against divorce that he actually justifies a lot of terrible things that could qualify for a biblical divorce because he wants to avoid that so badly so he's advising people you know just put up with abuse put up with violence you know pray through it be kind it'll be fine and so i would stay away from any of that so i'm gonna link the video of him saying that in the show notes because some of you aren't gonna believe me and some of you are gonna be like no not the pipes no not the pipes meister i love that guy he wouldn't say something like that but he did he did, and we need to have discernment. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's I love why. the pipes, but I know pretty shocking. I know it is shocking, and and you know we're all on a path. We're all on a journey. We're oh. all on a journey of getting to know God more. So, that's all I have to say about that. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for giving the people what they wanted and becoming the guest once again. It is just such an honor. Well, thank and you. I will not be paying you for this. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> no, I, I thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you for the thousands and millions that have requested me <laughs> to be here. Put a lot of string to be here. Mm-hmm. We pulled a lot of string for you to yeah, be here. Yeah, I didn't just take a Thursday night. I had a lot to do. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed being here and... um yeah, I, I would just continue to to be strong and continue to fight because it's important, uh, not just for you, but also your partner and if you're married, your, your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you have any follow-up questions that did not get answered in this episode, a great place for you to ask me those questions is on my feedback survey. Yeah. So if you're like, well, you covered everything except this one thing I really need to know, please put it in that survey and we will definitely make sure to answer it in the new year. So that's all I have to say about that. Joseph and Jenny signing off. Markham's out. Peace. (laughs) Peace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. Since you're a dedicated listener and made it to the very end of the episode, I have two gifts for you. One is that I have a free resource linked in the show notes for you. It's a resource created to help you take the truth you've learned either in this episode or in a previous one and apply it to your life. The second gift I have for you is access to my seasonal playlists. Every season, summer, fall, winter, spring, I create a regular playlist and a worship playlist that will be ongoing throughout the season. And you'll be able to follow it on Spotify if you need some good boogie tunes. Because, let's be honest, in another life, I would have been a DJ. So, you now have full access to meet all your seasonal music needs in the show notes. As always, I love hearing from you. 
So follow me on Instagram and send me a DM of how this episode impacted you. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the website. By doing this, you'll help me get more amazing guests on the show in the future. I'll be releasing new episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us.